Good morning. Hey, if you're a guest today, I just want to say again, we're so glad you're here. If you're right now in overflow, I'm sorry you didn't fit in the room, but we're so glad that you're with us this week. I'm going to take just a second to talk to our family that is part of our church because we last week had someone in our church that got sick and a lot of people found out about it. And we want to update you and to tell you about how God's answering prayers there. Uh, Y'all might know that we have a guy on our team, Mark Presley, who's our minister for all the creative stuff that happens in our church. He's usually overseeing most of what happens on Sunday mornings, making it kind of creatively go together. He went on a mission trip with our youth this last summer. You saw a video that showed some of that in it. He came back and he got really sick. He ended up going to the hospital last week, and then he ended up getting care flighted yesterday to Dallas. And so many of you, like the church just stepping up to love and to pray was so cool. His wife, Melissa, sent me an email before our first service, not email, text, before our first service saying, hey, we want you to know things are going really good. He had a great night last night. His liver looks awesome. His kidneys are kicking in. He's no longer breathing through this anymore, and they think he's about to start to get to eat through his mouth again. God is answering prayer. Thank you for stepping in to pray. And on that note, I'm going to pray one more time. For Mark and for us, God, I thank you for answering prayer. I thank you for Mark and his servant's heart and for the church and their love and the way, that, uh, the way that you're answering the prayers over his life. And God, I know that right now online people are joining us. Uh, there are people here in the room in an overflow who are hurting in different ways. Uh, maybe there is something physical in their life or someone they love, uh, maybe relational, maybe emotional, God, I ask right now that you would help me, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, help me to take the word of God that you inspired to exalt the Son of God and to help the people of God right now. Do what I can on my own strength, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm standing on a, a new addition to our stage for the next few months. This, we had volunteers in our church build a front porch to our stage. We are jumping into a new series that we're calling Go Love Your Neighbor, and I cannot wait to do that. And as we do that, I'm going to tell you a story about a neighbor. And you might think, how does this connect? Follow me through the service today. A few years ago, we had a neighbor who had shown love to us in a lot of different ways. In fact, uh, this neighbor we had met first when we were at camp and just had been incredibly loving to our family. And they decided, uh, and I'll refer to the father in the family because he's the one to interact with much, that they were going to take his mother-in-law to Colorado. And they said, hey, can you take care of our dog while we're gone, right? That's a normal neighbor thing to do. And so we were like, sure, we'll take care of your dog while you're gone. What does that mean? He said, well, don't bring it over to your house. Uh, we want you to come over to our house in the morning. Uh, the dog will be in a crate in the pantry. Let the dog out, play with the dog a little bit, let him do his business, feed him, and then do it in reverse at night, right? Cool. Many of you have probably done that kind of thing for a neighbor. I did not anticipate the thought that I was going to be walking into his home in the morning. Now, when I say in the morning, it was later in the year, 
and so it was going to be dark outside. I was going to be on my way to work. New house. Now, I'd love to tell you I'm not afraid of dark. I, I grew up in the woods. Normal dark is normal to me. Dark in a strange house is not normal to me. Now, here are the instructions I got. Hey, you're going to open the front door, and then there's going to be a time clock that starts ticking down. You need to get to the master bedroom and turn off the alarm before it goes off. Okay, good. Then you need to go find the dog in the pantry. And I'm thinking, as I, okay, so let me, let, I open the door. Boop, boop. I start hearing that go, right? Dark house. I'm like, I start going toward the boop. I start tripping around like, well, this is already weird. Make it back to the master bedroom. Get to the keypad. Turn off the alarm. Whew. Still dark. Weird house. And I'm about to go wake up someone else's dog, Right? <laughs> So I go in, open the pantry, dog was fine, really loving, it was awesome. We played a little bit, let him do his business, fed him. Last instruction was turn off all the lights in the house, but don't go out the front door because that will trigger the alarm again. Set the alarm and go back through the garage, out the backyard, and then come back around to your car. Make sense? It all makes sense, Right? So, turn off all the lights, set the alarm, boop, the time starts ticking, but I go, go to the back, open up the garage door, and you, you would expect there to be cars in a garage, right? In one of the cars in the garage was a person, and I jumped out of my clothes, like, let me... Like, I, I set a new world record for normal, small, little, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised I did not hit the, 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 the door frame. Like, I, it scared me so bad. There was a person in the, in the strange house, in the dark, in the garage. Okay, after I landed and regrouped and looked back up, second look, the person in the car is dead. And I am like freaking out. Like dog doing his business was not what I was worried about anymore. I look down again and I look back up and I, even me telling you the story right now, just remembering, okay? Picture, I'll show you, this, picture, this is the picture I took. This person in the car as a third look looking at it, I'm like, what is, this is a mannequin. There's a, there's a, a mannequin in this. So I take, I take this picture and I send it to the neighbor and I'm like, bro. First, why did you not tell me about the, human thing in your dark house that yes and then too what in the world is this and and he said well my mother-in-law doesn't want to look like she's driving her car alone for safety reasons 
And so she drives with this mannequin in her car. So this is Mary, the mannequin. So still to this day, I, 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 I've given a hard time. Like, that's really for the toll road, isn't it? Like, that's, she, she's like, no, it's not for the toll road. He said, she does not even drive on the toll road. Okay, surprised would have been an understatement. Okay, literally, I, I, there are a few moments in my life, and I'm actually going to share because most of them involve my neighbors over the next few weeks, a few others. A few moments in my life where I have literally jumped out of my seat. Okay, and this, this was one of them. Like that, I was already, this is just weird, alarm, dark house. There's a dead body. <laughs> like scared me so bad, so bad. All right, why do I start here? Please follow me with the whole, the whole sermon because at first it may sound like a stretch, okay? Jesus is going to teach today about loving our neighbors. But loving our neighbors is not gonna be surprising to his audience or to us. All of us have heard we're supposed to love our neighbors. In fact, if you grew up in a different religion, you probably heard some form of you should go and love people around you. Loving the neighbor is not what surprises the people that Jesus will teach today. If you're in our church, you hear us every week at the end of the services say, go love what? Right? That's not a surprise to you. So why are we going to spend three weeks talking about, not just three weeks, three months, talking about this in our services and in our life groups? Why? Well, Jesus said it's the most important thing. It shows up all over Scripture, especially in the Gospels. Jesus said the most important thing, we know we're supposed to do it, but not all of us are intentional about taking steps forward in this process. Today I want you to see what surprised the audience in this story, and then I hope to help you take a practical step forward that's not jumping up to the roof just afraid when you get surprised, but is actually helping you today to engage what Jesus said was most important. Loving our neighbors, y'all with me? Okay. Luke chapter 10 is where we're gonna be. If you have a Bible, please turn there with me. My role is not to just come up with a message, but best I know how to try to tell you what Jesus said in this passage as we teach other passages, what God's word inspired, what it says. So I'm gonna just try to show you what it says. Again, <clears throat> well, let me give you a little context. Jesus is going to have a dialogue with a lawyer. The law for the Jews was the first five books of this big one that you're holding in front of you right now. Or electronically, let's, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That was their law. So this man that's asking Jesus questions would have known what Jesus is about to teach very, very well. Most of what Jesus is gonna say would not have surprised him, okay? With that in mind, I want you to stand with me in order to honor God's word. Let me read. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He, Jesus, said to him, what is written in the law? 
how do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Ding, ding, ding. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead, strapped into a car seat in a garage. Now, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have digressed. I'm reading God's Here we go, 31. Now by chance, now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave, to, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Help God, help Lord, speak clearly. Holy Spirit, help me, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Back up with me, let's walk through it and amplify what we just read. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do? The word there, do, in the original language is the word poieo. I usually don't make a whole lot of the original Greek, but I want you to say this word with me and you'll see why in a little bit. Say poieo with me. One, two, three. Poieo. It literally means to do or to work. Teacher, he says, what much must I do or what work must I accomplish to inherit eternal life? It's a really big question. How, how do I enter into the kingdom of God eternally? Verse 26, Jesus, he said to him, what is written in the law? Lawyer, you're the expert here. <laughs> What's written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God. He's quoting out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. We we pointed it out last week if you were with us in another passage you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your might and not just that not not just with every fiber of your being love God but also you shall love your neighbor as yourself that's out of Leviticus chapter 19 both in the law and he Jesus said to him you have answered correctly, do this 
poieo, say it with me again, poieo this and you will live. Do this, work this out, and you will live, implying with a question, eternally. Verse 29. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? I originally had planned to hold this until the end, but I'm going to do it right now because I actually think holding it to the end it gets the motive out of whack for the great commandment. Uh, the great commandment is not just love your neighbor. The great commandment is love God with all your heart and your neighbor. This man wanted to justify himself. He wanted to get himself into heaven based on what he could do. That's what he's saying here, desiring to just. The Bible does not teach. And this is, maybe I should get out here just for the, if you, if you go through the next three months in our church thinking that the way you get into heaven, or I think heaven is short of what God wants to offer, it's the kingdom of God now and forever. If you think the way you get in is through loving your neighbor, you're not gonna understand what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach it that way. If, you, if you're doing the Bible reading with us, today we read in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the what? Way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Well, some will say, well, you're skipping. What it, Jesus here teaches this is the way you get into heaven. Actually, if you look at the context of this passage, he's going to not teach it even the context. Right before this discussion, Jesus is saying the only way you're going to come before God is through his son. He, that's what he says right before he teaches this. Right after this, we're going to be next week, the story of Mary and Martha. We have someone who's wanting to do and trying to do and trying really hard to do and wants Jesus to tell Mary, make sure she does this. Make sure she's loving you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, she's found something better. She's coming to me. So please don't hear the way you get into heaven is through loving your neighbor. There's a real kingdom. There's a real king. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the very son of God. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life. Early church fathers, when they teach what Jesus is about to teach here, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Early church fathers, St. Augustine, maybe that name you've heard, Origen, Ambrose. They believed Jesus was actually teaching people what he himself was going to do for us. Why? <laughs> Jesus was beat up and left for dead, right? And then the enemy, the Samaritan we're going to see, you and I, he loved his enemy enough that he as the good Samaritan would step in and go out of his way to pour the wine to heal our wounds, to pay the price we could not pay to take care of us. And he's going to actually come back in the future. That's all part of the good Samaritan story, right? He's the ultimate good Samaritan. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life, died for your sin, rose again and is coming back. So how do you get in the kingdom? Not through loving your neighbor. Repent, believe, follow him, and be part of the kingdom. 
This man's trying to justify himself. Jesus is going to answer with this story. Now, side note, but not fully. If you're a believer, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually be like Jesus, the good Samaritan in the lives of people around you. So we get to be empowered by God to do this, not to get into heaven. We get to do this because his spirit is in us and we get to experience the joy that was set before him when he came to earth. Y'all with me? All right, here we go. Story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. This is a parable, a narrative analogy teaching us a spiritual reality. This was a dark alley in Jerusalem. This road is still there. You can go see it. I say in Jerusalem, in Israel, it's the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, drops some 3,300 feet over 17 miles. It was a dangerous road. And so when Jesus started telling the story, you know what it would have been like? There was this dark house that I had never been in before. And for them, you know, there would be alarm going off in their mind. This is this, the dangerous road. So Jesus says, they're going down this dangerous road, and he fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. And they're thinking, of course, there's this dead body in the story. We knew that. He was going down this road. He was afraid of the dark in the house. Of course, that was going to show up. Verse 31, not a surprise yet. Nothing's been a surprise yet. Love your neighbor. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. Uh, last week, uh, as I went to study this passage, I, I found out, and twice in my time here, the passage has been given to me. Two other times, it was part of our sermon series that I had planned. This is actually the fourth time in the history of our church that I've had the opportunity to teach this passage. The big points I'm going to show you today are what jumped out to me this week, but I've actually never showed you before, so I'm super excited. But I want you to hear something that I have said already because I think this is a big part of the tension in the dialogue. The priest that shows up right here, at the time of Christ, priests were so abundant that most of the time they would only serve for about two weeks of the year as priests. And then they would go down the road back to their cities. And in their cities, they would serve as scribes or lawyers. Jesus talking to a lawyer says, hey, guess what? This man's beat up in a ditch. He needs a neighbor to love him and a priest shows up on the road. The professional Christian was going down the road. And when he saw him, he does what? He passed by on the other side. This man, for some reason, had more important things to do for God than the great commandment. Is that convicting for you at all? Verse 32. Two, so likewise, a Levite, Levite was also a professional Christian, but it wasn't a priest. It was kind of next level down. Someone kind of always stuck on JV. <laughs> when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 33, 
but a Samaritan. Huh. Some, do you know what Samaritans are? Do you know? Each time we talk about Samaritans in the Bible, I try, how do we... Jesus, at one point, is accused of being a demon-possessed Samaritan. Everyone there knew where he was born and knew he was a Jew. But it was being used as a slang, derogatory term in the utmost. The Samaritans the Jews considered were a half-breed, worshipped God wrongly, and they looked down on them with great disdain. Who is that in your life? Uh, today, uh, we thought, hey, kickoff Sunday would be fun if, if people wore team colors. Some of you did, some of you didn't. If you're not, that's totally cool. You're not left out. We're not a sports church anyway. We're just having fun, right? Uh, the, 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 the T-shirts uh, and the jerseys that we're wearing, I've, I've had multiple people today point out their Astros jersey. I, I noticed today we've got some San Francisco Giants. We're playing y'all today, right? The Rangers are playing the Giants. This is high level, not, actually some people actually go deeper than high level here. There's actually division in some people's life based on what team you root for. Samaritan's much deeper though, I think, than what t-shirt we're wearing. You know, in my life growing up, uh, we didn't have a lot of finances. I didn't know different. But I actually thought that someone driving a nicer car was probably not following Jesus well. Really. Until I met people that were following Jesus more closely than me and actually more generous than me on a lot of levels that were driving nicer cars than not. And I realized, what am I doing? I, I don't know where it is for you. East Texas, grew up East Texas, racism, still an issue in the community I grew up in. And let's, let's be honest, it's around us and that becomes, is that too political to say, right? Maybe you, maybe you grew up where, uh, can I, I'm gonna meddle just a little bit more. In your neighborhood, is there, let me, not just neighborhood, in your apartment complex, where, where, where you live, is there an individual or a family that you really kind of just wish would move out of the neighborhood? Because in your mind, they're on the wrong team. Jesus, with the religious leader, he puts that person as the hero in the story, the Samaritan. And he says, watch, a Samaritan. This is jaw-dropping. This, this would be the surprising part of the story. Uh, this, I don't think anyone jumped, but I think a lot of people went, really? But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. By the way, that word compassion is the emotion most you use to describe Jesus' emotions in the New Testament. If you think that, that Jesus can't love you because of what you've done, you don't understand 
that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves enemies. This is a story of the good news of Christ. He has compassion for you. You might think you're the Samaritan versus the Jew when it comes to God. Jesus came across the street. He had compassion. He loves you. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three, he says, do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The man then says, the one who showed. The word there, showed, in the original language is the word poieo. The one who did or worked mercy for this other man. The religious leader responds, okay, I see. You're saying the neighbor is the one who showed, worked mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do poieo likewise. Man asks, who's my neighbor? Wanting to justify himself. Jesus says, you go and do neighbor. You go love your neighbor. My dad, in a dialogue I had with him that I've never forgot, said that in this passage, Jesus changed neighbor from a noun to a verb. How do we do this? If, if we say every week, go love your neighbor, what can we learn from this passage that would help us take just a practical step towards doing the great commandment in our lives. Maybe I just missed it the first three times I walked through it when I was teaching it. For some reason, now I think this is the big point and I don't think I've ever taught it to you before. So here we go. Practical step, how do we do it? How do we do it? I'm going to say it this way, and then I'm going to try to show it to you in the passage. It may sound obvious at first. In order to show love to your neighbor, you have to get close to your neighbor. In order to show love to your neighbor, you have to get close to your neighbor. I'm going to show it to you three times in the passage, twice in the negative First, uh, final, in fact, there's actually, you can almost say twice in the positive. In order to help you remember it, I'm going to simplify it. In order to show love to, you have to get close to. Right? Say that with me. In order to show love to, you have to get close to. One more time. In order to show love to, you have to get close to. All right, back up with me. Verse 31. Now by chance, a priest, was a priest a positive or a negative example here? Negative. Priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, what did he do? Passed by where? Did he get close? No, he did the opposite. When he saw the person that was wearing the Astros jersey, he said, I don't want to know that guy. And he went the other way. 
When he saw the person, he passed by on the other side. Now the Levite, positive or negative example? Yeah, negative. So likewise, when Levite came to the place and saw him, what did he do? He passed by on the other side. Did he get close to him? No, he did the opposite. He did the opposite. So many times in my life, I've done that. Super convicting for me. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came to where he was. Did he get close to him? If that wasn't clear enough yet, keep going. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Next verse, he went to him. He bound up his wounds. Apparently for Jesus in the story, the proximity to the person in need was a big deal. He emphasized it. Maybe it's too obvious to be a point in a sermon. When was the last time you evaluated how close you are to the people in your life and you intentionally chose one to take a step forward towards? In order to show love to, you have to get close to. Uh, last week, we had the joy of watching uh, six more young adults be licensed into ministry. That's cool, really cool. Show you a picture here of the, the service, the licensing service. This was on Wednesday night. But I was in dialogue this week. Actually, if, do you all have that pick? Maybe we don't have that pick. That's okay if you don't. But we got to license six more into ministry. But do you know, uh, I, actually, I'm looking at Bobby Wade over there. Uh, Bobby's told me that in my role as a pastor, when God called me to this position, he actually called me out of ministry, he says. <laughs> because Paul says that my role is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But this, all of what he's telling us to do here applies to all of us, right? You are called to ministry. Not, right? All of us. You, you, most of you in the room here are aware of this. When you go to school, students, right, God's calling you there to show love to the people around you. At work, those, those neighbors that God has placed in your work environment are your ministry. In order to show love to, you have to get close to. How close are you to them? What does it look like for you to take a step towards them this week? In our life groups, the big kind of apply, if, great time to jump into a life group if you're not in one. Uh, great, great time. Uh, groups help us, hold us accountable. In our life groups, the big apply the, today is for us to actually just chart out the people that live around us in our apartment complex or in our neighborhood and, and to say, is this, this person a stranger, an acquaintance, or a friend? And, and you're, you're, you're looking at how close are you to the people that God's placed around you? Uh, maybe you could do that for work or for school. And then, then step into loving the Samaritan in that space, right? That's hard. St students, yeah, who is it that for you is the hardest one to love at school right now, right? What would it look like for you to show love to them this week, to get closer to them? So I wrote at this point, actually, I was, I was, as I was prepping sermon this week, I'm sitting on the front porch. This is fun for me. Um, 
prepping for the sermon this week, and, and, and I, as I, I thought about, in order to show love to, we have to get close to, what does it look like for us to take a step forward? I thought the best way for us to take a step forward is just to hear examples of how people are doing this. So I wrote, share a story, and I actually had a different story from someone in our church in mind. Maybe I'll share with you all later. But then I walked to the coffee maker, and when I walked to the coffee maker in our office, because I'm an afternoon half a cup of coffee guy, I've told you all that, right there at the coffee maker was Gwen, who's over our life groups, and Gwen, uh, who as a, uh, uh, yeah, our administrative executive person doing that, Gwen said, Sam, I have a story to share with you. And I reached out to this, this family. I said, hey, can I share this this week? And they said, yeah. And they sent me details. And, uh, and so I'm going to share a little bit of it. They moved into their neighborhood. As, as, as I, I share, what is it that maybe you might take? I'm going to use this, and then I'm going to pray over us as we close, Okay. They moved in their neighborhood in 2017. So they've been there uh, going on seven years. In their neighborhood, uh, they, they decided they were gonna be proactive about showing love. Uh, they specifically said, as we closed in the house, we prayed over it. God had blessed us and we wanted our house to be a blessing for others. We lived on a quiet street. We were fortunate enough to begin a connection with our neighbors very early on. On the weekends, it started with us pulling up chairs and hanging out on a driveway. This was extremely out of our comfort zone, but they were being intentional. Uh, they share in their letter, she calls it a book at one point, so I'm not gonna read all the letter, I'm just share parts of the letter. They hosted Mission McKinney in their neighborhood, and they've done that every year since they, they came, which is cool. They hosted D Now, they did Blocktober bashes, but they said we're, we were looking for opportunities to do that. You don't have to do all the things the church tries to equip us to do that. You don't have to do all those things. We hung out in the driveways, acting differently with no judgment, but just being us. Over the years, we had the opportunity to have so many life moment conversations with them and ground those moments on biblical principles, even controversial topics. But when they set that, we tried to approach life differently, the obstacles, the controversy, whatever lens was based on our faith. And then they had genuine interest to know more. We've been able to do life with these folks and in return, we've seen Christ start working in their lives. They talk, by the way, if you're one of the neighbors, by the way, that I'm talking about in this story, they talk about how much you have blessed them. Love is like a two-way thing, right? And what's cool, listen to this, we have six families that we have hung out with now and that's over seven years. Of those six, three of them are now involved in church in some capacity, which is cool. And then here's why I heard this story this week. They have a very inquisitive daughter who often asks very tough questions. What happens when we die? This is one of those families. What happens when we die? Does everyone go to heaven? It's opened up the door to talk with them more about God and our beliefs, which led them to begin attending services. Her daughter goes around singing the songs she's learning and telling people the Bible stories that she's heard. This Sunday, which was last Sunday, while in our life group, I received a text from her that they were watching church and they saw people being baptized. She, their daughter, was asking about it. What does it mean? Why are they doing that? And is there something, is, is that something I can do? So she was reaching out to the church to say, do you have materials to help? And so we were giving the, the new you stuff that we walked through with the kids to equip that conversation with their neighbors. Isn't that awesome? 
If you're one of those neighbors, you just need to know you're like one of the heroes of our story and you're blessing us, right? If you're here today because a neighbor loved you, thank you for loving that neighbor enough to listen and talk with them about God and engage. This is really cool. What does that look like for you? I'm gonna close here in just a second. And as I close, right, you might think I'm gonna say, go love your neighbor. Uh, I'm actually gonna say, if you want to get close to, you have to, what? If you want to, show love to. I said it out of order. <laughs> wow. Clearly, it's very, if you want to <laughs> show love to, you have to get what? There we go. Yes. On the way out the doors, uh, we're going to have uh, First McKinney uh, car stickers and also some people put them on their water bottles. I tried to say at the end of the first service, they're hydro flasks, and apparently it just came out as flasks. So <laughs> at first, first service, I said that we're going to put these on our flasks at work, but that's not, that's not what I was, I was trying to say, your water bottle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just lost everyone. Why did I say that even? Chris, you should have, yeah, yeah, all right. Why, why do we have the stickers at the door? Uh, well, sometimes it's fun to, to see the teams, right? Uh, sometimes it's cool to, to see someone that goes to your church and have that mutually in common. Sometimes it strikes up conversation at work, uh, at school, uh, on your water bottle, right? So we have those if you wanna pick one up as we're wearing our jerseys. If you wanna put on a first McKinney sticker on your car, you can do that. But the real goal here today is as you leave to really evaluate how close are you to those that God has called you to love. And for you this week to really take a practical step to go across the road like the Good Samaritan did. To get closer, pick one person, to do what this couple, this family has been doing in their lives in a beautiful way. They go on to share how their daughter has engaged in it and actually got to lead someone to faith in Christ this year as she was showing love. If you want to show love to, you have to get close to. If you have questions, you want someone to talk and pray with you, out the door to our left is our Welcome Center and our Next Steps team. Our Next Steps team would love to help you find a life group also, talk with you about Jesus. I would love to meet you if you're a guest. If you're one of the neighbors that's come, I'd love to get to know you. So we're gonna be out that way if you wanna talk. Now let me pray over you. And if you want something for your water bottle and, or your car, we'll hand those to you on the way out. Good, let me pray. God, help us uh, to really, th through the next three months, to not just be reminded of something we know we should do. That, that, that love your neighbors doesn't surprise us, but instead... God, to truly take steps forward, to accurately evaluate who in our lives have you placed around us that we can take steps towards. God, I, I believe most in this room want to show love to those that you've placed around them. So God, help us to get close to. I don't know who is hard for the people in this room to take that steps towards. Show us what that is this week. Guide us, empower us to go and do likewise, like Jesus said. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you want to get close, to, yeah, show, ah, go love your neighbor. <laughs>